Welcome to Divorce Dialogues. I'm Katherine Miller. Divorce Dialogues brings expert guests to the airways to talk through your divorce questions and fill in the gray areas about separating. From thinking about divorce, to how to behave during divorce, to what to do after, this is Divorce Dialogues. Welcome to Dialogue on Divorce. I'm Katherine Miller, the host of the show, and I'm the founder of the Miller Law Group with offices in New York City and Westchester, and I am on a mission to change how people divorce. And today I'm talking with Shireen Maestrich, who's the current president of the International Academy of Collaborative Professionals and who's been involved with the Collaborative Divorce Association of New Jersey since 2007 as a collaborative divorce coach. Welcome, Shireen. It's really an honor to have you with us today. Hi. Thanks, Catherine. Thanks for inviting me on. And I thought, Shireen, that one of the things that we would talk about today, and it's really actually really relevant given the morning that I've had about the emotional journey of divorce. You know, you've been working with people, divorcing people for years as a divorce coach and probably as a therapist as well. And it's, it really is a journey that people go through between the time that they suspect that they're divorcing, whether or not they're the one who chooses it or not, through the decision to divorce, through the actual separation and then and the negotiation and through actually to the divorce and then beyond the actual uh, change in legal status to being divorced and the development of that uh, sort of different emotional states along the way. Sure. You know, I I think, first of all, it's probably a very fair statement to say so many people come in in a very, you know, there's every family, every couple, they're just very unique. And so their situation is unique, their emotional readiness can be unique. And I think what I tend to see is uh, the, the timing issue, the emotional journey of the timing issue. So what I mean by that, Catherine, is that some somebody comes in, the initiator typically of the just even the discussion, not not even the negotiations, but the discussion around divorce has been often thinking about it for quite some time and ruminating or considering it and thinking. And then there's the the other spouse who I call sort of the deer in headlight, who's just kind of coming to the realization that this is very serious. And so I see that presentation and people feel um, concerned or uh, as if that's not normal. And I think one of the, the very first things that I try and do is just normalize the initial emotional presentation, sort of saying lots of people are are coming to it from that vantage point, mm-hmm. as opposed to the people who sort of mutually decide that there's no viability to the marriage and that they're coming in to look to dissolve the marriage, both emotionally and legally. Um, I think those people are, are very much in the minority, actually, and that most people have one person, I think Bill Eddy calls it, who's leaning in and one person who's leaning out. Mm-hmm. And even my actual former husband told me in the in the heat of our negotiation that I think it's the dummy's guide for divorce or the idiot's guide for divorce calls sure. one person the dumper and the other the dumpy, which is fairly oh. crude. <laughs> Boy, but well, I think that, that language is a little harsh. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, but I like this idea of leaning in and leaning out, you know, mm-hmm. so it starts early on. One person starts to consider the idea that maybe the the marriage isn't 
I'm going to work for that person for for one reason or the other. And maybe it feels to that person that it won't work for either one of them. Mm -hmm. And they start to explore it and think about it and process it and maybe gather information about it and do research and then tell the other person when they're a little further down the the road in terms of emotional readiness. And that so then that leads the other person to a place of catching up. I think that's what you're talking about. Well, it's a catching up and it's also that shock and awe, you know, that moment of what, you know, you're so, you're so far ahead in the thinking. And often by the time that person is ready to do the tell, they're ready to get divorced in three days, right? So there's yeah. this, this, this disconnect. And I usually use this analogy with a train station and I'll say, okay, you've bought your ticket, you're on your train and you're heading to destination X. The other spouse is fumbling in their purse and their wallet to just find their credit card to buy the ticket. Yep. They're, they're nowhere near Destination X. So helping them sort of just even see that, identify that as the emotional difference in their readiness and helping to normalize that many people come in this way and we can design it so that the person who's in Destination X slows down a bit to allow for the fumbling wallet person to come onto the train and that they, they journey together. But I think that that's often the initial challenge of the emotional journey, just to sort of process some of those emotions. Absolutely. And it's difficult. Yeah. And oftentimes for the person who's, who's been on the train for a while, it feels like it's taking forever to get to their destination. But in Correct. all fairness, they haven't even told the other person they're on this journey. Correct. You know, until they've gotten emotionally halfway there. That's right. That's right. And the other thing, Catherine, I find so interesting is a lot of people will come in and say, um, well, we've tried marital therapy and it just hasn't worked. And I'll say, well, how many sessions have you have you gone through? And they'll say two or three. Yeah. <laughs> and so there's that other piece that I'm finding pretty interesting in terms of, you know, then the person who's fumbling with their wallet will say, can we go into marital therapy? Can we try it again? And so there's a lot of emotional components that, that have, people have to work through before they're even at that joint table um, meeting with the lawyers and the professionals. You know, it's really interesting because I've been thinking lately, you know, we get a lot of calls in my office about people who, from people who are thinking about divorce but haven't yet told their spouse, right? Mm -hmm. And and one of the things they want to know from us is, well, what should I say, you know, to my spouse? How should I, what's the best way to approach it? And so I've been thinking about the, the role of couples counseling, the roles of a marriage and family counselor, you know, in the decision to divorce. And one thing that I just want to be very clear with our listeners and, and with you is that I am not a, you know, cheerleader for divorce. You know, I think that uh, it's a very serious decision to divorce. And when you make that decision, you should be sure, uh, people should be sure that they'd given their marriage, you know, really the best shot that it possibly could, because, you know, making the decision to divorce can sort of have you out of the frying pan into the fire. Mm -hmm. If if the issues really are related to unhappiness having to do with oneself, as opposed to one's, you know, difficult relationship. And so I think that um, really, you know, exploring with yourself, you know, your one's readiness, the decider's readiness to be divorced or to make the decision and to make that change. It's a pretty heavy decision. And, you know, it's one that I, I got divorced 18 years ago and I still feel bad about today. I would still do it again, but I feel bad about the pain that it caused my former husband and my children and, and myself. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's an excellent point, and I would I would just echo and agree with you that I think that the seriousness around it and the exploration around it. You know, Catherine, I often find when I start to do the history of the marriage just to get a sense of, the, uh, and I say, I'm going to honor your past and keep you present. Uh, but to honor their past, I have to sort of hear their marital narrative. And I often hear there's this like magic number, almost like five years. And I start to hear that the person who's really the one who's on the train has been contemplating the unhappiness for about five years. And speaking about marital therapy, I often think, my goodness, if you, what would have happened or what could have happened had you entered into treatment at that time? Uh, and then I hear the other spouse say, well, I was asked to go in and I refused and so there's that also that element of guilt if mm. I had accepted that offer. I didn't realize how bad it was. And so sometimes over, you know, in our area of practice, what we'll say is if there is any viability to the marriage or exploration, we send our clients out to discernment therapy uh, before they enter into collaborative coaching. Um, I, I say, I'm really good at this part. I really feel like my specialty is in the collaborative coaching piece when the decision is to divorce. Mm-hmm. But I'd rather use a, a, a colleague of mine who I know is completely skilled in the uh, discernment process to just see if there's viability in the marriage before the decision is made. I think that's really terrific advice. And I'd like to move our conversation to the next step of the journey, the emotional journey of divorce. But before I do that, I'd like to remind our listeners that you're listening to Dialogue on Divorce on WVOX 1460 AM, uh, alternate Wednesdays from 5 to 530. And we're also available as a podcast on iTunes and also on my website, which is www.westchesterfamilylaw.com. And I'm speaking today with Shireen Meistrich, a divorce coach from New Jersey and the current president of the IACP, the International Academy of Collaborative Professionals. And we're talking about the emotional journey of divorce. So, Shireen, what happens then in terms of what's stage two? All right, they've left the station, they're on the train. <laughs> and, you know, uh, what what comments do you have about that, you know, second or third journey. Sure. I think I think the next piece is really making that unique individual assessment to the couple and the family. Meaning, Catherine, there are some people who are really looking for a transformational process in their collaborative divorce. Uh, they're really looking for monumental shifts and change, and they're ready for that kind of work. And I think if a couple's ready for that work, then the team of professionals sort of can meet that need and really provide it for them. And other times I feel that um, the couple communicates over to us that they're not necessarily ready for that transformative change, forgiveness, and moving forward emotionally and um, isn't really quite there yet. And they'd rather focus on sort of getting them through the negotiations and helping them tease apart what they need to do emotionally in their journey versus what they need to do legally in terms of getting the process moving forward. So I think there's a, that second layer of assessment of what are the needs of the client, what are they looking for, and how do we as a team and me as a collaborative facilitative coach meet those needs? I think that's really interesting. And I actually think that many people might yearn for some kind of transformation of their conflict 
into something that feels meaningful and and understandable and yet not even really know what that could be. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, Shireen, if you could talk with us a little bit about how that what that might look like. Obviously, it might be different for every family, but, sure. you know, some instances of that. Well, I think what I see more common than not is a true, true desire on letting go of a marital dynamic and moving into a really, really healthy co-parenting relationship. And I'll say, you know, I sort of phrase that as, you know, you're uncoupling as husband and wife, but you're teaming up as mom and dad, and you're now in the business of raising your children in a two-home family. And I think almost everybody that goes through this wants that on some level. And then the other layers is, their readiness? Can they do it? Have they picked a process that supports that goal? Do they have professionals that are helping them meet that goal? And it's not a question of like, you know, the the marital dynamic will be following them through their negotiations and following them into their co-parenting. So for those that really want to shift away from an unhealthy dynamic and moving into a healthy co-parenting relationship, to me, that's a key for a transformative change. The, the other piece of transformative change is really letting go of the anger and the pain and um, the readiness to sort of look at this process, this painful process in transition as a transition to a healthier, better place. And so some people are really ready for that work and looking to do that uh, with each other, shifting together. You know, just in terms of that marital dynamic, you know, I, I think this is true for, for most marriages, whether or not they're in, in good shape or not. And in fact, in, in close relationships where there's a dynamic, I have a couple of conversations with my husband where, you know, he'll say something, it's conflictual, right? I will say something, my response, he'll say something. And then I know that if I say the thing that pops into my head to say that I could literally script out exactly what he's going to say and what I'm going to say for the next 20 or 30 minutes. And I know for a fact that at the end of that 20 or 30 minutes, both he and I will walk away from that conversation frustrated and unhappy. Mm. And and I, I said exactly what I just said here to so many people over the years, and everyone nods their head because everyone knows exactly what I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. And what is painful and challenging for people, especially for divorcing couples, is that escalates and, and it becomes just so predictable and so unpleasant and so angry making mm-hmm. that the the idea of intervening and changing that to a place where you could actually transform it into a successful co-parenting relationship, I think sometimes feels impossible. Oh, I would absolutely um, agree with you because the other piece of that, uh, Catherine, is, you know, your people are sort of going through a very painful loss. Um, they're at their highest, I think, of anxiety in terms of fearfulness. What does my financial security look like? What does my future look like? I didn't contemplate sort of this as an outcome for me. So there, there are heightened fears and anxieties that are just naturally percolating individually, but is also feeding off of that dynamic. So here they are at the, at a really difficult stage. And at the same time, um, looking desperately to try and see how can we do this better? How can we do this better? How can we do this better when I, the I, is not really doing that well? Um, and yeah. I, I think it's those families that really kind of need that that guidance. And I always say, 
I feel like that's part of my role of what I provide in a collaborative process, the guide on sort of honoring that and, and working at that. And that is deep, heavy lifting work. Yeah, and, and it requires balance, right? Because one if one person uh, just completely embraces that and, and then they're at risk that the other person rejects that, and that can sometimes just duplicate the marital conflict dynamic. That's we were right. Talking about earlier. That's right. All right. So let's um let's take it to the next step of the emotional journey, Shireen. Uh, what is what comes after this sort of commitment to a, a shared goal? You know, in terms of uh, what the ideal feeling of the outcome might be, rather than you know what the time sharing arrangement might look like. Mm-hmm. What do you think would be? Well, I mean, I th- I think there there that balance word kind of comes to my mind, Catherine, because I think here is lies the difference between a therapeutic journey and a collaborative coaching process. Because the the collaborative process is now going to be honoring, sort of helping them move forward in the negotiations of how are they untangling um, their financial their their financial relationship. Mm-hmm. How are they uh, creating their co-parenting relationship? So herein, I think, comes this balance of like mine, mining their emotional journey and at the same time helping them take those steps so they achieve the, the respectful resolution that they're looking for um, and that their needs and interests are being uh, paid attention to. Often, I think, the communication piece is the challenge here about how do I actually communicate my needs and interests when I'm uh, working through a negotiation? How is it different from, you know, my my positions and sort of what I think should be a result? And so herein, I think, is where the whole team is really working together, um, paying attention to that emotional piece and balancing it with the things at hand that need to take place in order for them to go through that divorce. You know, I think that's really accurate because, you know, my observation over the years is the real breakdown in marriage isn't about money or sex. It's about communication. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and so often people are frustrated for years and feeling unheard. If you just heard me, if you just understood what I was trying to say, if you understood where I was coming from, you wouldn't be angry at me or you would give me more of what I'm hoping for. And so, you know, you're talking, Shireen, about that being able to express needs and interests in a, in a way that's more effective. And I think at the same time, it's balanced by being able to listen mm-hmm. about the other person's needs and interests um, mm-hmm. a, a, in a way that doesn't feel threatening. That's right. That's right. And and I would add one other layer to that, um, that communication disconnect. And I would say there's a, also a disconnect in people's appreciation of each other. And if there's an appreciation in a relationship, no matter what relationship it is, but particularly so important in a marital relationship, once that appreciation sort of falls to the wayside, that's the grittiness of where a marriage is going to start to fall apart. And then you add that whole layer of miscommunication and an inability to communicate and that is where we find ourselves in, in, in a negotiation. So often a lot of my work has to do with reframing how somebody's communicating a sentiment or a feeling because the grittiness and the anger is there. Um, and sometimes, you know, it's always so interesting when I give someone a quick reframe, they sort of look at me, oh, yeah, that, you know, that's a better way to say that. Thank you. You know, they're, 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 they're appreciative because they're looking to say something to their partner um, in a way that that gets heard. And often there's one person is just speaking over the other. And I'll say, 
you know, I'm hearing two different languages and I'm speaking a third language and we just need to like pull back here to make sure we're all speaking the same language because you know, that's such disconnect. I totally think I, of, I often say to clients, you know, one of you is speaking Spanish and the other one yeah. is speaking French. You're both romance languages, but you're just and you kind of get the gist of it. Yes, but it's yes. you're, But you're missing a lot of the nuance here. Mm-hmm. So I just want to remind Absolutely. our listeners that this is uh, Dialogue on Divorce. This is Catherine Miller. I'm speaking with Shireen Meistrick, a collaborative divorce coach from New Jersey and the current president of the International Academy of Collaborative Professionals. And we're talking about the emotional journey of divorce. And before we move on, Shireen, I want to make sure to be able to give our listeners your contact information in case they have any questions about divorce coaching, uh, about the emotional journey of divorce, the collaborative process, or anything else. Oh, sure. Um, I think, Catherine, the best way for people to reach me is just simply through my office. So I'll um, that my office is in Fairlawn in Bergen County, New Jersey, and that telephone number is 201-791-1560. That's great. And so we've been talking a lot about having successful co-parenting relationships. And even though for people, I think, in the midst of divorce or even contemplating divorce, that might feel unattainable or uh, just like fantasy. But how would you describe a successful post-divorce co-parenting relationship? Well, I think one of the key ingredients is really just the, the low conflict, the honoring low conflict. I think one of the key ingredients to it is really meaningfully and authentically demonstrating in front of their children the respect um, that they offer for each other. The um, You know, I'll, I'll say to people, we're going to create your parenting plan and it is going to be a document and it, consider it the floor that you walk on. But the best co-parenting relationships is as we take this document, we put it in a drawer and maybe we never need to look at it again. It just becomes seamless. So it's, it's a seamless following of, of something that they've cultivated together in their, in their parenting share time, but also just their ability to you know, when they're going to see a basketball game, they're sitting together. When they're at a play, they're there together. And I, oh, I say, you know, try and create a scenario where your child is not bouncing their head back and forth looking, oh, did my mom see that basket? Did my dad see that basket? But rather sort of, you know, looking there together. Oh, there are my parents. And, it, and maybe it doesn't have to be right next to each other, but sort of just kind of making that non-stressful for their children and more, my parents are here to support me. And uh, kids are smart. So that authentic piece has to really be there for that to be a a successful um, family. So what if one parent wants to do that, but the other one doesn't? Do you have any tips for someone who wants to be as successful as possible, but is just not getting any cooperation from the other parent? Well, I think part of that is really respecting that everybody has a different time. Um, and so if somebody's not ready for that, but probably the worst thing you could do is sort of push someone into that, you know, sit next to them or demand it from them. It really has to be an organic um, experience and somebody's emotional readiness to be there. And I would say just be patient, just be kind and be patient uh, and be respectful. And I think that just show um, with your own actions, and that's all you can be responsible for, your own actions, not how they're received, but how they're delivered. Um, and, and over time, hopefully that person um, can come to a place where they can see the value in that exchange. Um, maybe that person really needs perhaps their own therapy to kind of work through a little bit more of the hurt or the loss or whatever it is that they're experiencing emotionally um, on their own. 
Yeah. You know, I, I always think of it. I did not have the most seamless, easiest co-parenting relationship with my former husband. And I I always thought, you know what, I'm just going to keep my side of the street clean. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to complain to my kids. I'm not. I'm really going to try not to put them in the middle, and I'm going to help them try to process what's going on to the extent that I possibly can, and you know, provide therapy for them. Mm-hmm. But there's there's only so much you can do, uh, and I think patience is a really is really good advice. Yeah, I think so. I think it just takes a little time, and people can get there. They really can. And and I always say to to the clients I work with, hold hope. Just continue to hold that hope because it's the hope. If you lose hope in something that can or cannot be successful, then nobody's there to hold it for you. So even if that takes a long time, hold the hope and that you you can manage that journey together. So Shireen Maestrich, in the last minute or two that we have, do you have any additional words of advice for our listeners that you'd like to share? You know, Catherine, I would say that, you know, we've already really accentuated that this is such an emotionally difficult um, journey, and this is a very, very serious decision that people come to. And the thing that I would really um, advise people to be very mindful of what process option they're choosing when they're at that selection of how are we going to divorce. Um, And I'm really always a big proponent um, of a, a mediation or collaborative process, both of which represent the alternate dispute resolution models. And I think both of those processes kind of um, dovetail into what we've been talking about of being so mindful and considerate of um, people's emotional journeys. You know, I really appreciate that because all you mentioned this alternative dispute resolution, and we often refer to that by the acronym ADR, which I think is really better said as appropriate dispute resolution for families. Mm-hmm. Well all right. said. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Shereen Maestrich. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on Dialogue on Divorce. And uh, again, thanks again. You're very welcome, Catherine. Thanks for inviting me. It's been a, a great experience. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. 